tester people like every day, like, well, what do you do about this? <laughs> but just being around them, you often pick things up that you just wouldn't have otherwise. And so like being able to add value to them and network with those types of people is going to help you on your journey. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes. And you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your 7 dayfreetrialcom That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Jeff and Taylor Adams. Jeff and Taylor, how are you guys doing today? Great. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having us. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. Before we get into that, let's go over Jeff and Taylor's background. So Jeff is a software engineer and Taylor is a realtor and the co-founder of Women's Investment Network. They have two years of investing experience. Their portfolio consists of a duplex and a mix of long-term rentals and Airbnbs, a single family home and a five unit building. They're based in Boston, Massachusetts, and you can say hi to them at their Instagram page, which is at Taylor Holman Adams. So do you guys mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? And we'll start with Jeff. Our background is so intertwined. I mean, we're a married couple, obviously. We met in college. We did the whole, we're going to get jobs. I became a software engineer in robotics and Taylor went through a few things. She can talk about that. But really the thing was, we needed to figure out how we were going to buy a house that we could actually live near our jobs and afford. And the prices are in Boston are crazy. And our jobs were in the city of Boston and the commute to get into Boston. If you're even just 10 miles from the city can take an hour and a half. So we started looking at single family homes, but they're just too pricey. 
So then we started looking more towards the duplexes. And maybe I'll let Taylor do some of her background before we get into the real estate side. Yeah, absolutely. So my background, I graduated from Northeastern University and I started in finance, found out that was not for me. And I moved into higher education where I was before I left that work to become a real estate agent. So I transitioned into real estate after Jeff and I started investing. So Going off of what Jeff was just saying, we were looking for our single family home to kind of start out our lives together and decided to move forward with the duplex. At the time, we didn't know anything about house hacking or bigger pockets. And we eventually decided that we wanted to continue to buy properties because we kind of got the bug, but we wanted to buy locally with our own money and realized that was going to take too long and it was going to be too expensive. So we started to explore out-of-state investing, and that's what led us to dive into the properties that we purchased over the last two years. So we dove in to test the waters in Tennessee with a single family house. We found out we loved it and decided it was time to scale up to a five unit. And given all of this happening, the market in the Boston area was super, super hot and Airbnb was something of a lot of interest to us. So we decided to turn our upstairs unit into an Airbnb in our house hack so we were full steam ahead at this point. We're ready to scale up into large multifamilies. We had a 25 unit under contract. We ended up backing out of that because the numbers didn't work out. And then COVID hit. So now we've been kind of pivoting our strategy a little bit to try and take advantage of all of the new opportunities that we're seeing. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So let's start with the duplex. So you didn't know about the house hack, but was it a house hack deal? Like did you own occupy it? And then rent upstairs to cover your payments? We did, exactly. Yep. Perfect. So we lived so in mind- or rented out the second unit. Great. So do you mind telling us the numbers on that deal? Yeah. So I'm more of the numbers person in the partnership. So it was on the market for six fifty, which around here was like a pretty good price at the time. It might be crazy for some areas of the country. And we did the inspection, we found some issues, we were able to negotiate down to six twenty-five. There was a renter in place that was paying 900 a month. So we asked that it be delivered vacant because they were month-to-month renters. So then we were able to get that rented out for $2,000 a month upstairs. That's a three-bedroom. And then we live in the other unit. It's a two-bedroom. And we did 4% down using an FHA loan for that. Yeah. You guys still live there now, right? We do. Okay, perfect. So after that, you said that you wanted to keep investing and you moved to out-of-state. So why did you select Tennessee? We were evaluating a number of different markets, but we found out that the cash flow in the Sun Belt was really appealing. So we kind of narrowed our search down, landed on Memphis for the cash flow, the low barrier to entry as far as pricing, and then started speaking to some of the more substantial property managers in the area to get a better sense of the market. And that just kind of propelled us to move forward with Memphis. How do you find these property management companies? What type of questions do you ask them? How many did you talk to? What was kind of the time frame between speaking with them to buying your deal, things like that? There's a few places you can look for the list of property managers to call down. Back then, we didn't know as much. So we were looking like Google and looking at just like Zillow, like who was renting out the most units and stuff, which wasn't a terrible strategy. But there's also lists of qualified property managers that you can go through. So we actually compiled a list. I think we had like 10 or 15 and did more research on them offline, looking at reviews and stuff. And you could just cross off a whole bunch right away. 
And so I think I ended up talking on the phone with three of them. And it was the questions like a part of it was how do you handle vacancies and turnovers and the logistical questions. But a lot of it for us, too, was trying to get a sense of whether we could just trust this person. Mm -hmm. They're a thousand miles away from us and handling an asset that we put money into and is going to be giving us money every month. Like, is this a person that we feel that we can deal with? And, you know, some people on the phone, you can kind of tell right away, like your gut just says, this isn't the right person Mm -hmm. for me. Maybe for someone else, they'd be fine, but not for me. And so we finally narrowed it down to the person who said the right things and we actually trusted and then went and saw him in person and did a tour of Memphis for the whole day with him and then decided, yeah, this this is definitely the guy. Yeah. And the guy that we ended up going with, he is really well connected in the area. And when we met him, you could tell that he really had a good relationship with lots of different contractors and people in the area and he could build those relationships. And that was really important to us. For sure. So at this point, you knew that you were going to do Memphis and you were just trying to find the right team on the ground in Memphis. Exactly. How'd you find the deal? So the property manager also has his real estate license. So he actually helped us find it. It was just on the MLS, on Zillow, all that. And we just went through a whole bunch. We went down there and physically looked at 10 properties. It didn't end up being one of those. A few days later, after we got back, we found the one after maybe 10 more that we investigated. What was the numbers? So kind of similar to before. So what did it cost? Did you put any money into it with the turnkey? And then what's it renting for now? We got it for 65000 I think that was 5000 less than list price. We only had to put about $2,500 into it. There wasn't too much to do. Just like, you know, the little stuff that comes out of inspections. And just like, oh yeah, you got to fix that system and this thing. And then it was already rented out for eight ninety five a month. And that just, they had a year left on their lease. So that lasted for a while. We actually had to evict them because they stopped paying last fall. But that was a a pretty easy process in Tennessee. It's very landlord friendly down there. And then got a new tenant in for same price, $8.95 a month. And that one's been going pretty smoothly. And that one we did 25% down on that property. Yeah, so like, what is that a pretty steep price reduction from the 650K in Boston down to 25 <laughs> k It's like literally yeah. a magnitude difference. Perfect. Okay, so then the next deal after that, so it was a five unit, right? It was, yep. Uh, was that also in Tennessee? Also in Tennessee, pretty close to our single family. Yeah, so that one, five units, it was listed 140. We did an inspection, got it down to 120, yep. 120. Renting it out, it's on average, I think 400 a unit right yep. now. And I think we put 20% down on that property. And was that an MLS or the off-market? That was on the MLS, yeah. And that one's been quite a bit of work. That one is definitely more of a burr strategy. We've put quite a bit of money into it so far and will continue to. And we hope to double the value of the property so that we can refi it at around 240 Okay, so are you going to increase the rents on that after re- doing the repairs? Yeah, so we actually got two vacant units when we bought it. So we rented those out, and then there's two units that are way below the market. They're at 350 yeah. and if we can get them probably up to 450 or 500 if we redo those units. Yep. Okay, something else you had mentioned during your intro was that you had a larger multifamily under contract and then backed out, and then coronavirus hit, and then you're pivoting to take advantage of new opportunities. Yep. What are these new opportunities? 
When everything happened, we had planned on continuing to move forward with syndication, but our investors were feeling a little bit unsure about what was going to happen during lockdown and whatnot. So what we decided to do was really focus on our house hack, which we hadn't really been focusing on at all. So over the course of the lockdown, we refinanced the property. We've done a ton of renovations and we're actually in the process of transitioning our Airbnb upstairs to a long-term rental because it just makes more sense for our area at the moment. And by doing these two things, the refi and turning upstairs into a long-term rental, we actually are going to be able to get another house hack. So that's something that we've been focusing on, the assets we already have. And then really just trying to free up cash and focus on what are going to be the big opportunities that happen once we're in a quote-unquote post-COVID world. So we're thinking about do we do we want to continue to look at large multifamilies or does it make sense to continue our approach around smaller multis? Is there opportunity in other asset classes? So we're trying to keep our investors in mind and what they're interested in and make sure that we are putting them in positions where they're not at a ton of risk given the uncertainty of the market right now. Do you have any potential new asset classes you want to move into in the post-coronavirus world? Yeah, this might sound crazy, but we're really curious about retail space right now. We know that because a lot of smaller businesses, unfortunately, are going out of business, we anticipate that's going to be kind of a burden on these landlords who are holding these retail spaces. So we're interested in keeping an eye on what happens with some of these and seeing if that's an asset class that we can move into. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting approach. All right. So starting with Taylor, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice would be to listen to what you want to do. So people who have never invested will have lots of opinions and tell you to not invest in real estate, but this is your journey. So you should pursue it anyway, if it's something that you're passionate about. And then Jeff. So kind of going off of that one, some people are going to say things that don't know anything about what you're doing and you shouldn't listen to that. But there's also going to be a lot of people out there that have already done exactly what you're looking Mm -hmm. to do. So networking is just so important, getting to know those people. And you don't want to pester people like every day, like, well, what do you do about this? But just being around them, you often pick things up that you just wouldn't have otherwise. And so like being able to add value to them and network with those types of people is going to help you on your journey. Before we go into the lightning round, I do have another question. What advice would you give to others out there who want to start a real estate business with their husband or wife in order to make sure that that goes smoothly. What are some things you guys do to make sure that uh, the business functions smoothly together? No, 24 (laughs) seven. Yes. Especially right now we're together a lot. Well, first of all, it's a ton of fun. So I think that the biggest thing is communication and making sure that you're on the same page. We very much treat this like a business. So we're doing quarterly, monthly, weekly meetings to make sure that we are on the same page and we're approaching this in a very specific fashion. And I think that helps to balance it out. But then also to not forget to take time to not talk about real estate and to talk about something else, or else you could be talking about real estate 24-7. <laughs> Anything to add there, Jeff? Or you just, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Good. Yes. yes good husband. Good. I agree. <laughs> That's another key is agreeing. Yes. (laughs) All right. Are you guys ready for the lightning round? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, first a quick word from our sponsor. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Okay. And we'll just do for all these, we'll do Jeff first and then Taylor second. So what is the best ever book you've recently read? For me, it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And then for me, I'm going to say that it's The 7 Levels of Communication by Rick Masters. Uh, no, that's oh, the sorry. main character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 7 Levels of Communication by Michael Mayer. Perfect. <laughs> okay, if your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? We're just always starting new businesses. Like This isn't the first thing that we've done. We've started software-based things. I think we would just find a new business to create. Yeah, we're a little bit of serial entrepreneurs. I think that the other thing that I would say is that we would figure out a way to make it work because I think we're really passionate about real estate. So we would want to figure out a way to pivot in a way that allows us to continue to do it, even if it's not exactly what our strategy looked like before. What is the best ever way you like to give back? So I'll go ahead and say, so I actually started a community for women who are interested in investing in themselves and their future. I definitely see that there's not as many women in the investing world as I would like. So this is something I've created to help women gain the confidence and just inspire them to get involved. Yeah. And we just like to help people get there. We help to mentor other people that just haven't done anything yet. So that's why I'm really excited for what Taylor's doing with her Women's Investors Network. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? For me, it would be my Instagram, Taylor Coleman Adams. And for me, email is fine. So it's jeff.adams.c, as in charlie, at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, Jeff and Taylor, thanks for joining us today and walking us through your two-year journey. I really enjoy these conversations. I really like getting into the weeds and details on specifically what you guys have done to get started because other people have it started can take a look at what you did over the first two years and replicate that so they can kind of get their first deal. So we talked about your, your first deal as that duplex in Boston. And then for that, you transitioned to doing out-of-state investing with that single family property in Tennessee. We talked about why you chose Tennessee because of the low barrier of entry and cash flow. We talked about your process for understanding the market out of state, not really knowing it and never being there or at least not living there. And that was through property managers. You created a list of 10 to 15 managers. You did some online research, like looking at reviews, and you narrowed it down to three. And then when you spoke to them, you obviously asked them the logistical questions about how they operate properties, but really wanted to know if it was someone that you could trust. And then ultimately you landed on one person who ended up actually going down and touring Memphis with. This person was really well connected in the area and you ended up going with them. They also helped you find this first deal, which was that single family home. 
you went through the numbers on that. After that, you scaled up to the five unit, which you also found on the MLS. The plan on that one is to do more rehabs and increase the rents. And then your next thing was to do the Airbnb upstairs, which we didn't really talk about, which is fine. And then now you said you're going to be focusing on your house hack. So you refinanced it. You've done a lot of renovations. And rather than doing the Airbnb upstairs, you're going to do a longer term rental. And then in the future, the plan is to do another house hack, as well as making sure you're freeing up some cash to focus on other opportunities, which you said you're looking into the retail space because all these smaller businesses are going out of business. And the people who actually own these retail spaces are probably going to be motivated because they've got no one paying. We all talked about your best ever advice for Taylor was to listen to what you want to do, as opposed to letting other people tell you what you want to do. And then for Jeff, it was making sure that you're networking with people who are already doing what you want to do. And then we talked about the best ever tips for working with a spouse or significant other communication, making sure you're on the same page, making sure you're still structured and doing your quarterly, monthly, and weekly meetings. And then you mentioned that it's also important to take time to talk about things that aren't real estate related. And then obviously making sure that you guys are agreeing a lot on things. <laughs> so Jeff and Taylor, again, appreciate you guys coming on the show. Best of listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.